Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Scarlett Russell, Entertainment Editor for the Sunday Times Style, and this is Secrets of the Side Hustle, your go-to podcast to find out what it really takes to turn your passion into your career. Each episode, we hear from inspiring female founders who give us the lowdown on how they turn their side hustle into a thriving business. From baking for the stars to sex tech, disrupting the fast fashion industry and more, in this show, we get the ins and outs and ups and downs of setting up your own company whilst pocketing nuggets of advice along the way. On this episode of Secrets of the Side Hustle, we're joined by Ashita Cabra-Davies, founder of Buy Rotation, the fashion rental app. Dubbed as the Airbnb of retail, Buy Rotation lets you hire luxury designer clothes for fixed period times, tackling the consumer habit of one-wear purchases, which adds to the 300,000 tonnes of clothing sent to landfills and accumulates a total throwaway cost of £12.5 million in the UK alone. Ashita's light bulb moment idea for the business came to her in 2019, and since then, BiRotation has surpassed over 200,000 users and has turned what originally started as a side hustle into a six-figure business in less than two years. But let's not spend too much time spelling out her success when the woman herself is with us now. Welcome to Secrets of the Side Hustle, Ashita. Thank you for having me, Scarlett. Very happy to be here. <laughs> Why don't you start by explaining, for any listeners that don't know what BiRotation is, in your own words, go. BiRotation is a social network for fashion lovers where you can rent, lend, resell and buy your favourite designer and contemporary fashion. It's a great way to save the planet, save money, make money and become friends with people who have similar style to you. We've been dubbed as the Airbnb of fashion or the Instagram of fashion. This is amazing. So if you've got a big night out and you don't want to invest in a big dress, you can go and rent one from your app off a seller. And you can buy actually dresses as well, can't you? Yeah. So there's a resale option and there's a rental option. And it's really interesting because women are listing their own wardrobes onto the app. And some of our top lenders are making over £2,000 a month. And these aren't, you know, celebrities or, you know, influencers like, you know, the fashion people or whatever. They're just, you know, women like yourself and I who have, you know, day jobs, uh, very busy lives when it comes to our personal lives as well, but have the time to rotate uh, and share their great style with other women. And how many lenders do you have on the app? We have a few thousands. 
Wow. And it's really interesting because unlike Airbnb or Uber, where you might just have one car that you can ride out or, you know, one apartment that you can host people in, people have on average over 50 items listed on our app. Uh, so we've got, you know, lots and lots of items on there. We're talking about in the tens and thousands now. And it's really interesting because more than 70% of our wardrobe isn't worn anyway. So why not share it or rotate it, as we as we say in the bi-rotation community, with each other? Is it all designer stuff or can you just get high street bits as well? Is it a bit of everything? I would say it's more contemporary and designer. Um, but say, you know, Scarlett, if you started your own, I don't know, knitwear brand, you could definitely list pieces onto the app as well. We really encourage that. Wow. There's a lot of independent designers. You can find some vintage John Galliano pieces on there. It's just a mix of really incredibly curated pieces. And then obviously there's designer things like, you know, Dior, Prada uh, or contemporary like Rixo, Self-Portrait, Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. Um, there's even a few Birkin bags on there, which is which is super interesting. You don't need to get on a wait list to carry a Birkin bag for the week. Yeah, I don't because I downloaded that app myself. I mean, you have everything on there. You've got bags, shoes, dresses. How many renters do you have then signed up now? So we have over three hundred thousand registered users on the app. Obviously, not every user is a customer yet. You know, you've still got people who are kind of uh, you know as yourself. You know, you've downloaded the app, you've made an account, you're kind of exploring, you're discovering, which is very much how it works with all marketplaces. You know, um, I don't remember. You know signing up to Airbnb and then renting something, you know, r- renting an apartment right away. Mm-hmm. So it's been really, really interesting seeing, you know, the user growth and then the conversion as well from users becoming our customers, our rotators, as we call them. Let's go back because I want to know where this idea came from. It's a really interesting story. You were working as an investment analyst. Yes. In London. Uh, London and Edinburgh. Okay. So your background before that, did you study, you know, business finance at uni or- Yeah, so business management and I guess a focus more in investments. Um, And that's something I did even during my university degree. Mm -hmm. So I did a placement year, which I would highly encourage um, to anyone listening in. You know, it's, it's taking a year out of uni to work in the industry. And the industry that I chose was asset management. So I worked at AXA Investment Managers. An incredible time to actually figure out who I am, you know, just individually become much more, I guess, diligent, have a great work ethic, become much more professional, really actually also, I would say, made me a much more confident person. You know, I felt like I could have conversations with people from all backgrounds, all ages. And I think that's something that really helps when you're pushed into a role such as an investment analyst straight out of uni. And as an investment analyst, I would be, you know, I'd be having meetings alone with the CEOs and the CFOs of the companies that I was covering and asking them, why are your results so bad? And why should we continue investing in your securities? So I was covering corporate bonds. So I was investing in bonds. And you studied in London before that? Yeah, that's correct. So I studied at City University's business school, which was called Cass Business School back Mm -hmm. in the day. Now they've rebranded as Bayes Business School. So in the city as well, in the square mile, which I think as someone who grew up in Singapore, I love the energy around me, even in uni. What is your background? So I was born in India, in Rajasthan. So that's Mm -hmm. the desert state. It's all the beautiful photos that you see of incredible India, you know, the, the tourism campaign. And then I moved to Singapore with my family when I was two and a half years old. And I grew up in Singapore and stayed there, I guess, until university. So I moved to the US and UK for undergrad. 
And I've been in the UK for now over 11 years. It's interesting. I very much see myself as a global citizen. Mm-hmm. I definitely think I'm very Asian in mindset and mentality, even in my work ethic. But at the same time, I've got a very, I would say, Western approach when it comes to executing what I'm doing. It's been wonderful getting to know Ashita and where her entrepreneurial spirit has spawned from. But I couldn't wait to find out more about Birotation and where her venture started. So let's just rewind a little bit. This is when I was planning my honeymoon back to my motherland, you know, Rajasthan, where I was born, as I mentioned. And I was thinking, you know, I was planning the itinerary and I had the spreadsheet open, as you do. And I was thinking about, you know, all the places that we would visit in the desert states, the different cities, maybe even the different museums, landmarks, hotels, restaurants that we wanted to visit. And I turned to social media for recommendations, as you would. And that's when I noticed a lot of, you know, women wearing beautiful clothes in the desert and all these very picturesque palaces of Rajasthan. And I would notice that these outfits would never be repeated ever again. And I thought, wow, like I would love to wear beautiful clothes for my my honeymoon. You know, it's a trip of a lifetime. And I thought I'd love to borrow these clothes because some of them are over a thousand pounds for just a dress. And I would like to wear quality pieces, you know, on this special holiday. And I thought, wow, if there was any way I could rent this stuff for my holiday. And I started thinking and surveying the market, the global landscape of fashion rental companies. And, you know, some incumbents, which are now either very large, so Rent the Runway, which is which has now been listed in the US, or Y Closet in China, which has since then closed down. You know, one thing became very apparent to me, which was that they were very, very focused on event dressing. So things like going to a ball or like your prom or a wedding or something like that. And that's when I started thinking about how actually I would just like to reach out to this woman and be like, can I borrow your clothes and pay you? I know you don't know me, mm-hmm. but obviously that would seem strange because um, that's just social media. That's very unsolicited. And that's when that idea sort of came into my mind where I wanted to create a sharing platform for fashion. It wasn't actually until the honeymoon when we were in Rajasthan a few months later where I started noticing a lot of textile waste in Jaipur, Jodhpur, some of the cities of Rajasthan that we were visiting. And I hadn't been back to India in over 14 years. You know, my my parents live in Singapore. So when I go home, for me, home is Singapore. And I couldn't help but feel guilty that I had ended up buying new clothes, you know, for this holiday. A lot of them said made in India, the tags. And I'd also known that a lot of donations, when we donate them to charity shops, like about 90% of them end up in African and Asian landfills. And I just couldn't help but feel that I was part of this problem of this linear model of consumption when it comes to fashion. And I too was here taking photos in my new clothes that I'd bought just for this honeymoon. And I wasn't very sure that I was actually loving the stuff that I had bought besides the photo that I had gotten and, you know, the, you know when I was enjoying them on the actual day. And I had started reading up about things like the 30 wears rule, where, you know, if you want to buy a new piece of clothing... You need to be very sure that at the very least, you would wear it at least 30 times. And that's when I started thinking there's something wrong with my love for fashion, even though fashion's so great. You know, fashion is such an important industry. The textile industry is so important even to the place that I was born in, Rajasthan. But there's something clearly very broken. And I think that's the linear model. 
So those ideas that we have as, you know, millennials, and I guess, again, increasingly Gen Zs came into mind about social networks and sharing economies. We've seen that happen with all these ride-sharing apps like Uber, Lyft, etc. across the globe. And you've got things like Airbnb, where it's not weird anymore to sleep in someone else's bed. And it's funny because even if you think about a hotel, like a five-star hotel, the towels that you're using, the linen that you're using, it's not just been ordered just for you. It's not like you stay there and then once you've left, they throw away the towels Mm -hmm. or they burn them or something. They're actually all being cleaned and then they're being reused for the next guest. So it's really no different to that if you think about it. Mm. So fashion is personal. But the way to make people much more respectful and, you know, things like hygiene would be solved for by making it a social network where women could actually see each other's profiles and start developing kind of an acquaintance relationship where they could rate and review each other and therefore be comfortable with renting another woman's dress. Right. So I can see that you had the seed of the idea and then it kind of grew and grew. So at this point, you're now thinking seriously, okay, I I have a serious business idea now. There is a market for this. I'm going to do it. So how did you then take it forward? Yeah, it was on the last leg of a honeymoon. And I was like, I'm itching to do some work. Like, I I, I miss work. Like, I want to do something with my brain besides just relaxing and enjoying and maybe reading a book. So I came up with this idea that when I would return back with my husband to London after our honeymoon, I would host an event in our one-bedroom apartment where I'd invite all my friends and tell them about this idea and see what they think. And, and you know, I got a few friends involved to also bring their clothing and they were on board with the idea. And so we had a few rails, again, in my one-bedroom apartment in the living room where we invited all our friends and we asked them, what do you think of this idea? Would you pay to rent these clothes, you know, these bags. It was very interesting. We had a very positive response. So at the beginning, you started building this app and it was just your mates who you'd convinced to lend there. Were they happy to do that? Yeah, I think it's interesting because, you know, some of them would say, oh, I'm not sure if this is going to work. I'm not sure if I want strangers to, Mm -hmm. like, if I want to share my stuff with strangers. I'm quite a busy woman as well. I have a desk job and I work, you know, more than, you know, 15 hours a day. So I'm not sure I'd have the time to do this. And that was interesting because that really made me realize that I need to find the early adopters. And the early adopters are the ones who already are thinking about sustainability. They're already thinking about, well, they're either thinking about sustainability or they're thinking about how can I access the latest trend at a cost-effective price. So people who are kind of very much into fashion. That's when I started you know, doing things like going for networking events, in the evenings, on the weekends. I think there was probably like a week where I went to four networking events uh, where I juggled my full-time job and creating this platform on the side, the test platform, and not really having much of a personal or social life anymore. Really? We should say this is about just under three years ago when you started this up. So you're working a pretty intense job as an investment analyst. All of your spare time, evenings, weekends, everything's going towards your side hustle, which must have been really exciting. Were there any challenges in that? Did you feel that you were missing out on anything? Were you struggling with tiredness, were you finding it hard to juggle everything? Was it affecting your mental health? Was there anything like that going on? Because it's daunting to do both of those things, I think, for a lot of people. You know, I just felt very, very determined that I was going to 
either put everything while I was doing this side hustle to figure out if it was really something that I would, you know, give up a seven year long lucrative career for. And I think that made me much more motivated to not really bother what others were thinking. In terms of whether I found it tough otherwise, I think I'm kind of a very high energy person. So I think I thrive on on doing a lot. And I think a lot of my friends actually joke now that I've I finally found my thing, which will keep me busy and occupied uh, and not always looking to plan another event in my apartment as soon as I come back from my honeymoon, you know? <laughs> I do feel like I've found my soul calling. Like, I feel like I'm doing something that keeps me busy, keeps me occupied, and keeps me very determined because there's a societal mission to bi-rotation as well. It's obvious that Ishita is hugely passionate about bi-rotation, not only for the gorgeous fashion pieces, but also for its mission to reduce textile waste and create communities. But how did she get bi-rotation off the ground from an idea into a working and successful app? We had a test platform, uh, which was a white label sort of um, marketplace uh, subscription thing that anyone can sign up for. It's called Share Tribe, by the way. Really great way, I think, to you know figure out your product market fit. Two hundred US dollars a month. You know, great way, I think, to decide if it's something that you want to invest and get like an entire CTO and development team for it. The focus was really on creating this test platform in the background while I was going out meeting all these people in the fashion and sustainable fashion and even the investment circles to figure out if someone would like to back this early stage. And did they? Did you find an investor? No. So I was actually bootstrapping the business until April 2021. Bootstrapping is in your own money was being funneled into yeah. it. And what about your husband as well? Did he invest? He was involved, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he's an ex-McKinsey consultant, which is super helpful when it comes to strategy and scaling up the business. What is that? McKinsey, it's a management consulting firm. His forte is more in helping us with the product side of it. So he actually trained me a lot on the product, which is, you know, finding my CTO, finding other developers around the CTO. Is that chief technology officer? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. correct. And kind of uh, vetting him, so Vlad, our CTO, to know if what he's um, proposing to me is actually what we need for by rotation, because um, it's, a, it's a very large upfront cost. And I think there's a lot of people out there who want to make apps who might not have that technical skill set to understand if the developers that are proposing things to them are actually giving them fair proposals. So I was very lucky to have that product side already. He actually trained me all on it as well. He's my secret co-founder mm-hmm. who was bringing the bread home when I had finally left working uh, full time. Financial security it's really hard to let go of, especially when you've already kind of developed a career of your own. So I think having one person who really encourages you and says, I'll make sure we can make it work. I think that's really what gave me the confidence to make that leap. When did you make that leap? How far into the development of the bi-rotation business were you where you could say, that's it, I'm giving up this very successful, lucrative job? And how did that feel? Because that must have been quite a scary decision to make. To be honest with you, I was very, very hesitant to quit. And it was actually my my husband who was very, he was encouraging me and he was saying, this is the right time. There's clearly a lot of momentum. This isn't just a trend or a fad. It's actually a movement. Everyone's talking about sustainable fashion. People are talking about fashion rental. It's finally coming to this continent. 
this is your time, if this is what you want to do. It was definitely him, because I remember even when I handed in my resignation, my manager actually asked me to reconsider and told me to take the weekend, because I resigned on a Friday, to really reflect. And if I wanted, I could come back on Monday and pretend it never happened. Oh, wow. But I just said that it was something I had to do, and it wasn't because I was leaving for a competing firm, but it was just something that, you know, I've always known that I would end up doing something entrepreneurial with my life. That's the environment I grew up with. You know, both my parents are entrepreneurs. And and I just thought this was it. You know, this is something that I feel passionate about in a personal and professional level. And there's actually huge momentum when you look at the market dynamics as well for people rethinking the linear fashion consumption model. So how was it gaining momentum at that point? What was happening to the business? My last day of work was when the app, so the final product, actually launched because otherwise we had a test platform, which we had for the first six months. And that was just to you know show product market fit and show that transactions can happen even on a very basic skeleton It was like a test run for you to practice on. You weren't actually relying on people to sign up for it so you could test it all before launching the proper platform. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But once we started seeing traction happen, that's when in the background, while still working full-time, I had already started investing in our tech capabilities. So I brought on our CTO who joined Mm -hmm. us in June. I left in October. So he was already building the app in the background. And, you know, we, we all had it scheduled that this was the date that I was going to, that was going to be my last day at work. This was the date that the Business of Fashion article about our launch was going to come out. And there was all of this stuff planned to a particular date, which would have been my last date working in finance. How did you get the Business of Fashion coverage? So I was very lucky along the way to be approached by our PR, Florence van der Speck, who has now become a very close friend of mine. And I've been working with her for almost three years now. And again, this was when I was still, she approached me when I was still working full time in finance because she had started seeing the by rotation social media accounts really pick up. And she approached me saying, I'd love to do your PR for you. I think there's so much we can do with this. Wow. Okay. And yeah, and she's definitely one of the biggest cheerleaders that I was lucky to find in this fashion and media world. And you've, I mean, speaking of press, you've been featured everywhere, at business of fashion, Vogue, all the luxury press, Forbes. So it's interesting, you know, how important having a PR person is. It sounds to you like it's very important. What advice would you give to our listeners about how to navigate that? How do you know to trust someone to relay your message to Mm -hmm. press and therefore the public? Well, very candidly, I would say don't make that your obsession when you start off. I think it rubs everyone off the wrong way, be that the actual editors and journalists who are supposed to write about you or even the PRs themselves. And to be honest, even your team, if that's all you're really seeking and your investors, the last thing they want to see is someone who's running a company for the wrong reasons, which is for fame or popularity. So I think really focus on your product and then you will capture the attention of top journalists, top editors, top PRs, top investors, and they will come to you and say, what's the story? Tell us about this. You know, what's going on? That's what happened to us. And I think what was really interesting is, you know, we had a couple of these articles without even having a PR because they just found our platform online Mm. on social media So I would say really, really focus on your product, your service, and focus on the marketing around it. And then that's when people will approach you. I think a lot of founders in the early days, you know, we're impatient. We want to see results right away. But I think it's really about the long run. And I think 
people are finally seeing that now. You know that there's no quick fix to press or getting yourself in that network. You have to build it. You're listening to Secrets of the Side Hustle with Scarlett Russell. There'll be more secrets coming up just after this. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to Secrets of the Side Hustle with Scarlett Russell. Let's jump back into where we left off. By the time you launched three years ago, did you already have then your network of lenders and renters? You were in quite a strong place. It was all my friends. It was all your friends. Mostly my friends. Uh, when it came to the supply side, so the lenders, me just begging all of them. And then, being, and, and then being like, a lot of my dresses are very corporate and boring. Yeah. And I'm like, just list them. Just we to get, to it up, get it up. Yeah. Okay. And then, then when you launched, how quickly did it take for you to get people signing up and saying, I want to be a part of this. I want to lend. I want to buy. I think the great thing was that the app was just so user-friendly. Like our product, again, which is the app everyone started likening it to Airbnb, to Instagram, because it was so user-friendly. We were featured as app of the day within 10 months of launch, which I've been told is quite unheard of. And if you look at our app store ratings, I think it's 4.8 or 4.7, and we have over 1.8K ratings. I mean, it's pretty crazy for like a company that's you know just below three years old, and you know we've only done a seed round funding uh, recently. We're not that big, and if you think about our team, and if you think about our funding and our history... So I think it was really, really the focus on product. And because there was already this momentum around the fashion rental and the sustainability Mm -hmm. movement that people were like, yeah, I'll download this free app. I'll check it out. Oh, it's so easy. It's like having an Instagram account and listing and posting photos Mm -hmm. of myself and then listing out the dress. And wow, I rented out my Rixo dress and I easily made 40 pounds. That was super easy. And I think that sort of started building momentum and network effects with friends telling their friends and then talking about it at Hindus and weddings and next thing you know we're like the social network and I would say that's really the latest iteration that we have had as I would say as a startup 
you know, we have realized we're not just a marketplace or like a fashion rental business. We've realized we're actually a social network for fashion lovers. If you look at our marketing, it's very, very user generated. You know, we are all about user generated content. We're not looking at flashy, glossy photo shoots like, you know, retailers like Neta Portura Moto Operandi. You know, we're showing you that a woman who looks like you or maybe your friend is someone that you can borrow these clothes from or, and is someone that's using the app. So three years in, what would you say is the secret, the enormous success that Buy Rotation has had? The key ingredient to the last three years uh, of whatever we've built so far has been resilience and tenacity, to be honest. You know, we've out of these three years, 16 months of them were in countless lockdowns, rules changing every single time. And um, still being able to build a digital community throughout this whole time, still not, you know, putting anyone who worked with us on furlough and still working with them consistently. I think these are the things that I've really picked up over the last three years. And I think resilience and tenacity is what has made Rotation stand out. You know, we're still the most lean fashion rental platform in the UK, probably even in the continent. We are the fastest growing. We are also the largest And the reason we do this is because we are just tenacious and determined and we do everything in a very agile way with all the resources that we have around us, be that user-generated content instead of glossy photo shoots or be that, you know, a more peer-to-peer business model rather than one that manages or holds inventory because it's anyway not sustainable for the environment. All of these are very commercial choices that I have made for the business But they also make sense when you think about our long-term vision, which is to transform fashion consumption for good. It has been a real pleasure getting to know our female founder on this week's Secrets of the Side Hustle. But I want to go just that little bit further and find out something about them or their business that isn't common knowledge. It's time for Best Kept Secret. It's a bit of a shocking one, but it had... And we're all ears. (laughs) But I think we had some really positive learnings from it and also a lot of personal development, to be honest. You know, we we had another fashion rental platform, you know, sending us a legal letter essentially saying that we're copying them. And it was very funny because when we read it, there was a huge appendix full of articles lauding how amazing they are as a company and the fact that we're copying them is harming them. But it was very interesting, all the examples they gave, we could refute every single example. You know, things like you're using left and right Instagram poll quizzes. What? And Which is an Instagram feature. And also, not to forget, we had done it more than six months before they did. Just interesting, just very, very petty things like you cannot talk to the same influencers and celebrities that we're speaking to. That's insane. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, free market. Someone hand them an economics textbook, right? Yeah. Was, Everyone's was, speaking to the same celebrities. I can tell you that. I mean, it, exactly. what they're there um, for. It was really interesting. And, you know, when I got that letter, I think there were like new lockdown rules being imposed then as well. So it was all sort of done out of, I would say, malice to try and scare us and shut down our business. So um, it was funny. I got the letter and uh, I... I noticed my own composure from there. I just, I was very, very calm about it. And I just got some amazing lawyers to draft up a response, Mm -hmm. uh, which refuted every single point. But I think the one outcome that came from it was that sometimes women will say that women support each other and we should all, you know, female founders support each other. 
And what I actually found that for me, it's really not about the gender at all. Um, I've actually had a lot of male supporters in my life, be that in my career or be that in my business, be that, you know, in my personal life with my family. I've actually found that a lot of this is just a narrative that we're expected to go with. People are very competitive. Women can tend to be competitive because there's not many of us. So when there is one of us, you know, they put that person on a pedestal and then the other women might feel threatened. And I think that's a bit problematic in its own. And this is a situation that essentially arose from there where I thought that the sustainable fashion market and industry should be made bigger. Mm -hmm. The circle should be made bigger. I love to talk about circles by rotation, <laughs> but it wasn't so the case. And I think this is, again, another example of how you just need to be resilient and tenacious and not let things get ahead of you, uh, because essentially they were trying to shut us down altogether, which uh, if they had done their research properly, most of my friends are lawyers. And <laughs> Big mistake. Uh, this would Huge. not scare me. <laughs> um, and they're still going, that whoever sued you, yes. tried to sue you. Uh, yes, they are. And um, it's very interesting that their response to our response was, we don't agree with you and we'll continue monitoring you. So they folded completely, oh. which was really, you know, when we talked to our lawyers who are very well established, they said, this is such a waste of time. Mm. We don't see young state startups do things like that. This is wasted time and money, which could have been focused on growing your own business. So I would recommend to anyone listening in, do not focus on competitors. Just really focus on your own product and service and being amazing to your customers and everything else will come and the others will be threatened. <laughs> That's really great advice. And thank you for sharing that story, Ashita. It's almost time to say goodbye to our female founder this week. But before we do, let's have one more moment of inspiration with our Quote for Quote, where we share uplifting quotes with the hope to motivate you to pursue what you're passionate about. Okay, so this is the quote, Ashita. This is from the legend, the icon that is Oprah Winfrey. And she says, failure is another stepping stone to greatness. I feel that's a bit of you, that quote. I feel you can really relate to that. Definitely. Um, I love rejection. It's, it sounds crazy and I'm not a masochist, but I feel like it helps you figure out who you are and who you aren't. And have you got a quote you'd like to share with me? Yeah. <laughs> um, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Love it. I don't even know who, I mean, where that came from. It's like a proverb. Or yeah, something, I think right? so. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's good. I think it's it's very me in a nutshell. I'm quite tough love, grew up around tough love, and it's how we work it by rotation as well. Got to keep pushing. I love it. So what are your long-term goals for by rotation? Long-term being maybe like five, 10 years. Yeah. Um, so it's really to transform how fashion is consumed altogether. So, you know, really making that linear consumption model more circular, be that with rental, resale, aftercare, you know, and the products and services around it and also to bring communities together. So I do want to be in a world five years from now where I can walk on the street in any random city, approach a woman and say, hey, I love your dress. Can I rent it? What's your username on by rotation? <laughs> so that's where I'd like to see it. But in the more shorter and medium term, we are expanding to New York City you later did, in the yeah. year. Uh, and that will be our first expansion abroad. So I'm really excited about that. And it really kind of holds up to the fact that our business model is very scalable. It's all about creating communities and unlocking the potential in our existing belongings. 
Rashita, thank you so much for coming on Secrets of the Side Hustle. Thank you so much for having me, Scarlett. It was so much fun. You've been listening to Secrets of the Side Hustle with Scarlett Russell and our fantastic female founder this week, Ashita Cabra-Davies. The series producer is Anya Pierce. If you enjoyed what you heard, why not follow the podcast so that you never miss an episode? And you can listen back to all our previous episodes on the Free Times Radio app or download them from wherever else you get your podcasts. I'll be back with more Secrets of the Side Hustle next week. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.